above your propane grill? Well, life just got a little easier with Propane Taxi. Stop lugging that tank. Propane Taxi is a propane grill tank home delivery service that's ridiculously easy and convenient. Just go online, choose a delivery date, and Propane Taxi delivers grill tanks straight to your door. You can exchange any brand of tank. And right now, new customers get their first tank exchange for $10 with promo code TANK10. That's $10 for your first tank exchange with promo code TANK10. Visit PropaneTaxi.com. No contact, no commitment, no problem. Today, Carl and Nick preview the Week 15 matchup as the Broncos travel to Indianapolis to play in the last Thursday night game of the season. You are listening to the Scouts Eye Preview Huddle Up Podcast. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, your go-to show for all things Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, it is time to huddle up. I am Carl Dumbler, and with me as always, we have Mr. Nick Kendall. Nick, we won. Hey. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh. I have such mixed feelings on this. I, <laughs> I was watching the early games, and I'm watching them play out almost perfectly for the Broncos to get up to that number two pick, and then we go out and win. But it's hard to not say, hey, we won, like – how could you be mad about our team winning? <laughs> Not only winning, but winning in that fashion. I mean, a shutout, I am absolutely taking it with this jury of a season. I mean, it shows, it shows that you got hope, and there's still talent on this team. It's not a – we're not the Cleveland Browns, you know. So, I, it does stink in the regards to draft position, but I will take a win every time. I, I'm with you. And, and especially – I'm not trying to get too much into the draft side of things, but we, we both kind of heard Darnold's probably not coming out. So getting up to that number two pick isn't as important in my mind, but it's still, I mean, it'd be nice, but it's, it's not end all be all of things. So yeah, getting out there, getting out, getting a win, giving a little bit of hope, seeing some of the young guys show up kind of nice to see. Ending that losing streak was big. That was, that was time to end that. Yeah. That's, this is how you become the Cleveland Browns when you become acceptable of lot of losing. It's, it's hard to get that winning culture built, but it's easy to lose it is what I would say. And so, yeah, getting a win, love it. Love to see the team go out there, show some fight, especially that defense. Oh my goodness. That was something special. I saw a stat. It was uh, Broncos are the only the second team in the last 10 years to hold the team to a shutout and under 100 yards total offense. Wasn't it 100 yards on the dot? Did they change it? It might have been on. Yeah, I can't quite remember. But the only other team was the Chargers back in 2010. And I think it's only happened 10 times in the last 20 years. So that defensive performance, that was incredible. And and you think about some of the guys that were were out. uh, D'Amato Pecco, he's been, I would call him the heart of that defense. And huge against the run. Obviously, Derek Wolf, another just inspiring player, guy that just goes out there and lays everything on the line every single play. Both those guys out, and they still go out there and dominate. That was that was special. Yeah, no, it was a it was a good game by them, and it was about time. The offense played mistake free football, and the special teams played mistake free football, and the Broncos won the turnover battle. And when they win the turnover battle. They win the football game. It's I think they what is it now thirty two games in a row. 
something like that. 32 or 33. Yeah. <sighs> crazy. You don't turn the ball over and we win. What? Yeah. How crazy is that? But we just want you to know that this show's focus is all things pertain to your Denver Broncos. We'll be bringing you the game previews every single week to get you ready for the upcoming game and how to be watching the game, hopefully as a smarter fan. With Nick and myself being film junkies, we'll be bringing you these previews with a scout-based perspective, breaking down the matchups from a player's skill set and X's and O's perspective. You can follow myself on Twitter, at CarlDumblerMHH, as well as you can follow Nick, at NickKindleMHH. Be sure to tweet us any questions or opinions you have because we live for talking Bronco football. You can also follow the podcast Twitter account at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you check out ours and our co-writers' written content at milehighhuddle.com, a part of scout.com, an affiliate of the CBS Sports Digital Network. We know you listeners are as football and Bronco crazy as we are. So please give us a click and subscribe to us on iTunes as well as Stitcher. And don't forget to share us on Facebook and Twitter. And of course, listen to us on YouTube and leave some comments. We wouldn't be here today without you listeners. So please take the time to rate and subscribe to let your voices be heard on how you enjoy the show. Now we have a lot to get to today, but first we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Rep the Squad, and draw your attention to one of the coolest services for a Broncos fan out there. Rep the Squad is a jersey subscription club that lets you rep every jersey you want. With hundreds of jerseys, Rep the Squad lets you switch between your favorite stars and styles whenever you like. Adult memberships are $19.95 per month, and youth are $16.95. New jerseys arrive fresh and clean in two to three days. It's like Netflix for jerseys. Rep the Squad allows you to rep the Orange Crush all season long, no matter if it's the home jerseys, away, or alternate. Free shipping both ways, and you can cancel any time. Use the promotion code HUDDLE, that's H-U-D-D-L-E, to get 50% off your first month at repthesquad.com. That's promo code HUDDLE at repthesquad.com. Now, this might be a good time to, to bring up the, the alternate jerseys. I, I remember teams were playing, but they had green and red, and it looked like a Christmas tree out there. But I think they had a problem where people who were, were colorblind actually couldn't see the players. Yeah, that was Bill's Jets, I think. Was that it? Okay. Yeah, that, that was pretty bad. But they, they've made corrections to that. So, again, this is an opportunity to go get some, some unique jerseys, and you don't have to keep them. Uh, you can rent them, send them back after a couple games, whatever you want to do. Rep the squad. That's that's a, a great subscription. I, I always love it, especially NFL teams are changing players left and right. Our Broncos team going to be changing players pretty quick, and it's hard for me to wear a, a Broncos jersey for a player that's not on the team anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I still have a whole bunch of former quarterback jerseys just hanging up in my room at my parents' house. So those guys kind of came and gone pretty quickly there. I have a, I sometimes I, when I visit Denver or whatever, I'll rock, rock out that old school Jake Plummer Jersey and people will, you know, give me the thumbs up because people still love Jake the snake in Denver. But other than that, you know, the Jay Cutler, Kyle Orton, Tim Tebow, those jerseys are uh, probably shouldn't be hanging up anymore to be completely <laughs> honest. Those, those should be incinerated or put away or something. I never got a Mark Sanchez or a Trevor Simeon Jersey. I had a little bit more foresight than that, but you know, here we are today, and honestly, Carl, you know, question to have to do with the jerseys. If you could pick one player's jersey to get, who would it be and why? That's actually on the team right now? Yeah, or maybe in the future. Okay, I would probably go... Probably go my boy Chris Harris. Chris Harris, all right. I love the underdog story. I love that he played for a college that was an hour away from where I went to college. 
And uh, just, I love the way he plays the game. He's gotten a little bit more of that Tlaib want to, wanting to uh, wanting to smack talk a little bit more this year, more than I like. I kind of like the guys that always go out there and just show it on the field. But even beyond that, I just, I love his story. I love his just desire just to be great. That's not a bad choice. I, I got to go with Garrett Bowles personally. I mean, he's been struggling a little bit more down the stretch here. I wonder if he's dealing with some sort of nagging injury. I haven't seen him on the injury report, but he's, he's had some up and down games, but I still love the kid and I got to get that offensive lineman and Garrett Bowles, you know, rookie that five-year deal. So at least I'll get a little bit of usage out of it. But if I had a, you know, with rep the squad, Let's say I Demarius Thomas had a great game last week, or maybe Talib going back to Indy. That kind of worked out pretty interesting last time. Maybe I'd get that Talib jersey just to ruffle a few, or ruffle a few feathers, you know. <laughs> not poke any eyes out, but ruffle a few feathers. There you go. There you go. Oh goodness, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, I was at that game. Were you? I did not. I did not. I actually, we. I was at the game with my best friend and my dad. My dad's a big Bronco fan like me, and my best friend's a big Colt fan. Unfortunately, we lost that game. I think that was our first loss of the season. That was the game that we pretty much killed Andrew Luck to, and I gave that lacerated, lacerated kidney after that or something like that. But anyway, after the game, we went out to a bar kind of on the other side of town. It was like Ale Emporium or something, And because I'm a big craft beer guy, as you know. The waitress comes up to us like, it's a Colts player that's in the room next to us. And I'm like, oh, cool, who is it? Dwayne Allen, he just got his eye poked. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I went over and uh, said, I'm sorry for the... The eye poke, I hope you're doing okay. He looked okay. He wasn't, you know, bleeding from the eye or anything, but it was seriously Dwayne Allen. And my buddy and I got, got a picture with him and shook his hand. Man, those, those guys, you know, you see them on TV, but, you know, when you're at the combine or actually standing next to them, you really can't appreciate just how big they are. So seemed like a pretty good guy, you know, with the Patriots now, so he can shove off. But, you know, that was the last time the Broncos played the Colts, I believe. We didn't play them last year, did we? No, we did. Week two. We played them week two. So the second to last time we played them and, you know, perfect time to get that to leave Jersey revenge match. I have a tiger. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, speaking of the Colts, that is who we are playing this week. And oof, I know the Broncos have looked bad other than this last week. Colts have looked pretty darn bad this year too. They have been a bottom five team in both offense and defense. And so just looking statistically at this game, even though it's, it's a road game, Broncos are actually favored, two and a half point favorites for this one. And it looks like a game that, that going with a little bit of momentum into it, that they maybe should actually win. It's just, it's kind of crazy looking at where these teams were starting the season, some of the hopes that they had. Colts were hoping Andrew Luck would be back by now. Uh, did, did you read all the stories about their owner being pretty ticked off that he felt like he was misled on the recovery of, of Andrew Luck. I did. And that's when my started licking my lips saying, Hey, all Colts grow up to be Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Broncos haven't won a Super Bowl without a Colt drafted quarterback. So it, yeah. it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. There's, there's, yeah. there's definitely a lot of connections there. Yes, sir. It's the Stanford, the Indianapolis Colts, the, I mean, that would be cool. I'm not sure how healthy he is and everything, but it's, I think it's a pipe dream, but you never know. NFL can be crazy and maybe something happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But I, I will say I've been impressed that I watched some of the Colts games and, and one thing that did stick out is they, they, they fight to the bitter end. They are a team that has struggled to, to win games, but they've actually kept some, some tough games close against Steelers. They only lost by three to the Titans. They only lost by four 
Bengals aren't a great team, but they only lost by one point this last week in the snow-covered Bills game that Vance Joseph said that they tried to watch the tape and got nothing from, which, honestly, it would be pretty tough to get much from that because you're just trying to, to survive that game is, is what I would, I would think. And, and we got to see Frank Gore. He, rushed, he had 36 carries. How old is that man? Older than how many carries he had. <laughs> oh my goodness that that man he just continues to to keep going i'm always impressed by him do you think he's a hall of famer oh man that's been popping up this week it has it has i would say no i know probably he will get in because the longevity and he's been good for a while and passing those records but i don't know i like guys who are a little bit more dominating than he has ever been i get i get the longevity argument but was he ever really a top five back in the league at any one time not that I can think Arguably. of I mean, borderline that top five spot, but I always like to think the guy has to at some point have been the best or if they had other Hall of Fame guys, second best at his position. I, I know that's always been that the longevity thing has always been against TD. And I, I've never really been a big fan of the whole on, longevity thing. To me, if they played like a Hall of Fame player at some point in their career, I'm, I'm more entitled to to give that kind of player a chance in the Hall of Fame than a guy that just played for a long time and racked up stats. That being said, he's had a very great career. And he's, I mean, it's amazing that he's still going. I remember it was one of the Maddens a long time ago. They had a mistake because Frank Gore was drafted. And for some reason, they always had him as an undrafted free agent in the free agency pool. And my first thing I'd do every time I start a franchise is I'd sign that rookie talented running back from Miami. So been a good player for a long time. And is he Florida? He's Miami, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 So yeah, like you said, Pretty good game last week, 130 yards on 36 carries, and him and LaShawn McCoy are two, two guys that are perfect for that snow game. I'm actually a little bit jealous. I'd love to see C.J. Anderson in one of those games as well. I'm not, I'm not a huge C.J. Anderson fan. I mean, he's a decent player, but he's not, you know, transcendental of any sort of way, or transcendent. But, you know, that's, that's a mutter kind of game, and that's the kind of game C.J. would have. But I, I think that could have a pretty large ramifications on the game this week. And let's, let's start there for this one, looking at our key matchups of the Indy rushing attack against the Broncos young front, because uh, they they did say today that they do think Demata Pecco will be back to play how much he'll be able to play since he has been, been injured the last couple of games. We'll, we'll kind of see the wolf is out. So that means Shelby Harris and Zach Kerr are going to get a lot more time on the field, especially uh, Gotsis is still banged up too. He's on the injury report. And, and so let, let's, how much do you think those 36 carries are going to factor into this one? I mean, it's, it has to, right? That was a crazy game, cold, a lot of carries, uh, and now they're playing on a short week. Granted, they don't have to travel, but still, like that's, that's rough. And for a guy that old, <laughs> I mean, that's, it's going to add up. So I'm expecting to see more Marlon Mack this week and maybe the Colts try to slow this game down because, I mean, playing in the cold, while it's fun to watch as a fan, and you know, they were memorable games for sure, it's, it's pretty tough on those bodies. So I'm, I think it probably will have a big effect on that Colts rushing game than with the team with a pretty below average to even worse offensive line. That's something to monitor. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that more here in just a little bit. But what, what are your thoughts on Marlon Mack then as a rookie running back? Were you pretty high on him for the draft? I'm, I'm trying to remember where we both had him. I had him probably about exactly where he went. I liked his skill set. He was very, you know, a talented player. In that regard, very boomer bust though. That was my biggest thing. Like he could take carries 80 yards, but he didn't always show the best vision. Guy that kind of tried to push it out of the 
push it out of the tackle box all the time. Yard run, odds are he was stuffed to the line of scrimmage. And he's kind of been that same way as well to start his career. He also is an extreme liability in pass blocking. And that is something that I noticed has continued this year. It's one reason that I think he's probably not getting more carries. And when those rookie backs, I mean, it doesn't really matter how good you are with the ball in your hands. If you're a liability as a pass blocker, they're not going to put you out there. Yeah, no, I, I liked him as a very good compliment back, not as a workhorse back for sure. I'm, I'm with you there. Of there, There's a lot of questions of his game, pass blocking. Receiving as well. He didn't really – wasn't used so much as a receiver. Can he run routes? I mean, USF didn't really have him do that. Right, exactly. So just a lot of things that were going to have to be answered that you just couldn't answer on the tape. And But he is a, a home run hitter. And we've seen with the Broncos this year that some miscommunications have, have really been the downfall of this defense. And kind of these speed backs that can hit that hole in a hurry have kind of been a little bit more of their problem. So it could actually almost be counterproductive for Gore to, to not be in the game at times. Yeah, Maybe. I, I mean, Gore is still a great running back. You still want him on the field if you can. But Mac, I could see him having that that big play because, we, like I said, we got some young guys coming in. Shelby Harris, Zach Kerr, they've gotten a lot of playing time actually the last last few games, and they've done really well. I think so. They have done very well, especially Harris. I mean, Kerr is somebody who kind of got. We were pretty high on him when we draft or signed him because you know, kind of that under the radar guy, and Pecco playing great. You know, kind of made Kerr one of those inactives, those game day inactives. But he's had a chance to play some five tech, three tech, one tech zero tech for this defensive line and has played well and Shelby Harris while he's not great against the run like you can run at him and get him moving he's been pretty darn good at getting off blocks and getting after the passer he's more of a bowling ball type he doesn't have the length that I like and that caller likes on that defensive line but if you're getting off blocks and getting after the quarterback something that we've struggled to do on the inside this year I mean that's that's valuable and we've we've seen that over the last couple of weeks yeah I, I've loved getting the chance to see these two guys get on the field and and especially Zach Kirk, because I'm with you. We, we were both very high on that signing, thinking that could be one that was really could really play out well, that he would play above his contract, and then just seeing him sit on the bench there to start off the season was, was very frustrating. Um, but, no, he's gotten on there, and he's, he's played well, handled himself, gotten penetration, uh, showed up in the run game. And, and so, yeah, I, I actually – it's incredible to go from last year where we had zero depth on the defensive line – to all of a sudden we actually have some some surprising guys showing up and guys that will be here for the next year. And I guess so, I, I know this is getting a little bit to the draft side or free agency side of things, but how do you feel about the depth of this defensive line? Let's say, let's say Wolf does come back. It's solid, but I wouldn't say that it's fantastic. You know, you had a bunch of players like Gotsis has been a borderline starter worthy this year. Uh, preferably he wouldn't be starting because he's not completely rounded yet. If he had a great unit, he wouldn't be starting. Like if we had signed um, Clyce Campbell, he wouldn't be starting. But he's, he's improving, and I think next year he's probably a, a solid um, starter, kind of that Brett Kiesel type where he's controlling that gap pretty well and uh, can move laterally, but not, not the best uh, pass rushing-wise. Almost more of a two-gap kind of guy, which is insane for the get-off that he has. You think he'd be a little bit better pass rusher. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, but it might next year. Normally it's that year three, year four, where those defensive linemen kind of take off, especially as pass rushers. So, you know, there's hope there. But I like Gotsis going forward. Wolf, it really concerns me, you know, not having feeling in your extremities and in your face, which is what I've read in some reports. I and mean, that's, I know he wants to come back, but that's, if he is back, I'm guessing you're playing him less and less. 
Uh, Shelby Harris, again, probably more of a backup type, not really uh, what I'd want starting. He's, he honestly, I wish, I'm not always harp on it, but Demarcus Walker, I would rather have Shelby Harris filling that role because Shelby Harris has at least got the size to be moved around and play multiple roles and then can play that pass rushing three tech if you need be, or even one tech. Then Demarcus Walker, he's actually showed the best his entire career so far, at least professional career last week. So maybe there'll be more there. Um, you can never have enough interior pass rushers or pass rushers along that defensive line in general. And uh, I really like Pecco as well. So I think we, we got a pretty good defensive line. I wouldn't be surprised if they added another guy in the draft or maybe a cheap free agent, but I, it's, a, it's a pretty solid unit. I don't see that much Pro Bowl level talent, is, which is an issue. You know, you see a lot of solid guys. Wolf has been borderline Pro Bowl his whole career, but on the downswing. Gatsas maybe has the size and athleticism. I think he could do something, but he's got to really take that next step. Pecco's getting older. Kerr, solid, but not Pro Bowl. So it would be nice to get another blue chipper guy where you have to have uh, attention to him on the inside. But if the Broncos wanted to punt defensive line for 2019, which is going to be one of the best defensive line draft classes, classes over the last decade, in my opinion, that wouldn't be the worst decision. Sounds good. Well, what do you think about their matchup with this Colts offensive line? You'd kind of hinted at it earlier. This is not a good unit. Would you say that they're better or worse than the Broncos? Oh, they're 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 worse than the Broncos, I think. Broncos are healthy. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit comparative. Costanzo's steadier than Bulls. They get a win there at left tackle. Um, believe it or not, Jeremy Vunovich is their left guard, and I would say that Max Garcia is maybe even a little better. Vunovich looks completely overmatched at that left guard position, in my opinion. And uh, Matt Paradis are probably about a wash. Kelly's probably a little better athletically wise, a little stronger, but Paradis is more refined, technical, and you know, been in the league longer. Right guard, I'd say the Broncos have it, especially when Leary's playing, but right now it's McGovern, who's been okay. He's had, I wouldn't say he's been great, but he's been, you know, about what you'd expect for having to go against uh, Nadama Kinsu and then go against Wilkinson, Wilkerson and uh, Leonard Williams. So he's had some tough matchups, but I would say, especially when Leary's healthy, the Broncos won that right guard spot. And then right tackle, this is insane, but Donald Stevenson's been playing pretty good football the last two weeks. He's he's earned himself some money, which is very frustrating because right tackle's been such an issue for the Broncos. But yeah, according to Pro Football Focus, even he was a uh, I think he was our number one graded player on the entire team last week. Did you know that? Did you see <laughs> I that? didn't see that, but oh my goodness! That, that guy, yeah, he uh, oh, he is one of the more frustrating players uh, because it, you look at him physically and you think, hey, this guy physically built looks like a good player and then so far until these last couple games he's done jack squat for the broncos and then of course when we're out of the playoffs and he's getting ready to hit free agency all of a sudden he shows up and starts playing decently i'm going where oh my goodness (laughs) it's frustrating granted the jets edge rushers are garbage but still he had an 81.9 overall grade according to pro football focus 84.1 pass grade and only allowed one pressure which was a sack but you know had a had a good game and it's Gosh darn it, Stevenson. Like, right when he's about to hit free agency again, terrible tackle class. I wouldn't be – I mean, I would be surprised, but watch some team pay him a deal more than the Broncos paid for him just for out of desperation. They're going to cling on these last few games. Well, you look at this last year and how much teams were play, paying for average talent at the position. It, it was it was just crazy. It, it's good to be a tackle right now because there's there's so few good ones that teams will just go crazy even for, for average ones. I mean, look at the Broncos with uh, Watson. With Watson. I mean, they, they paid him pretty good money. Not not top-tier money like some of the other guys were paying for, for other guys, but still pr- pretty good money for a guy that hadn't really shown much in his career so far. 
And so even even if a player shows even the hint of promise, they are getting paid pretty good money. So Stevenson, yeah, he keeps it up over the next couple of games. He could be making some some decent money for himself and then go and hopefully disappoint another team. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can get a comp pick for him. <laughs> uh, at least we'd get something from him. Yeah, the first time. Although, yeah. again, he's been playing good. So I would say that the Broncos' offensive line, when Leary is playing and healthy, I would give the Broncos' offensive line the nod. I, I can't disagree with you there. I, it's This is, again, where when you start watching other teams around the league, you just start seeing, oh, my goodness, it is just this bad right now in the NFL. Offensive line play is just so terrible. <laughs> I just can't believe that it's fallen off this much over the last 10 years. Yeah, I agree with you. And one thing, I, I mean, you obviously have the NFLPA agreement where padded practices are way down and that messes with the cohesiveness of the unit and everything like that. And players are coming from a spread system in college, so they're not really pro-ready, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing I'm appreciating more and more is that offensive line, you know, if you had the best left tackle in football, it, it helps. But it's one of those things where it's not totally this, you know, extreme, but like those units normally are about as good as their worst player. So if you have a guy that's an absolute liability, even if the other four are solid, you're going to have issues because it's just that one guy is going to get picked on and it can make the other guys, you know, if they're doing a great job, all it takes is that one pass rusher getting through to mess everything up. So Broncos right now, I'd say you're probably okay at left tackle or one of the tackle positions. Depends what you do with Bulls. Uh, center position, whether it be McGovern or Paradis, if for some reason Paradis is uh, moved in the offseason. And then one of the guard positions. So you have two more that you got to address, but I still feel like the team's at least heading in the right direction in that regard. Yeah, they've finally devoted some decent resources to figuring out the offensive line, and it's it's going to pay off eventually. Maybe not quite yet, but it, it'll get there. But we better maybe. keep moving along here. And I, I want to talk about maybe this is kind of a, a really fun matchup, even if they don't have Andrew Luck throwing the footballs. I love the receiving core of Indy. And so their, their matchup against the Broncos secondary, who had a great game with Tlaib coming back, and you, you already hinted at it of Tlaib and, and his history a little bit with the, the Colts. But I, I really like these, these weapons here. T.Y. Hilton, probably one of the more underrated wide receivers in the game right now. Really mentioned among those top five, top seven receivers, but he's put up some pretty darn good numbers. Yeah, he's, he's dynamic. He's really fun. He can play inside, outside, and slot. Just That was a home run pick by the Colts. Their former general manager didn't have many home run selections, unless, you know, Andrew Luck was an obvious gimme. But that one, that one was a hit, and I, I agree with you. I'm not sure. The reason I'm not as big on Hilton probably is because I like wide receivers. I like to run the ball between the 20s, and then once you get in the red zone, you need to have some size for the, the red zone, and that's something that Hilton will just never have. But still, you would talk about a guy that can play inside, outside, and be a threat underneath that can take it 80 yards or beat you over the top. That's Hilton. So very good player. I would I would argue that he is top seven. I wouldn't have him in my top five, but top seven, probably top ten for damn sure. Yeah, he, he's not in my top five either. But but again, just a guy that can go out there and do so many things. I remember that was it the the 2014 playoff playoffs against the Chiefs. Well, I was thinking. When oh no, we, you're talking about the one where we played him. Yeah, and okay. he just destroyed Talib. Yes, he did. Now the, these are the kind of receivers that Talib struggles with. Those quick. Twitch guys that can get away from the, the physical play of Tlaib. Uh, they should have had Harris on him. That was a, a huge mistake by the Broncos there. But Hell, even we, Roby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least those, are the, those are the better quick, titch, quick twitch kind of guys uh, to go against those, those guys. But 
No, I love T.Y. Hilton. I love that kind of game. You know those are my kind of wide receivers. I like the guys that can get open within a second, especially with today's offensive line play. This is what I want to see is a guy like T.Y. Hilton. But right now he's got 43 receptions, which isn't great, but 811 yards on those 43 receptions. 12 catches of 20-plus yards. So, again, with the Broncos sometimes struggling with miscommunications, this is one of those players that can go out there and have a big game against this kind of secondary. And he's got a, a nice complimenting piece, Dante Moncrief. I was pretty high on him coming out of the draft. He's not put up huge numbers this year, but again, they've had subpar quarterback play. It's kind of like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. When they have a good quarterback, they can be a top three wide receiver duo. You don't have a great quarterback, not much they can do. Yeah. And then finally, the, the other big weapon they have is Jack Doyle. He's been kind of a, a crazy find for the for the Colts. He's got 64 catches, 564 yards, three touchdowns, and four plays of 20-plus yards. You, you think about they drafted those two tight ends when they, when they took Andrew Luck. Both of those guys are gone. And now they bring in Jack Doyle, who's probably actually played better than either of those guys. Yeah, Doyle's been a really good player. I mean, the Western Kentucky, they, they've put out some tight ends in the NFL recently. But yeah, another Western Kentucky product, uh, 6'5", 6'6", 250, plays that H-back role as well for them. And he's he's been really good. I've been able to get Jack Doyle many a times on the waiver wire as a tight end streamer. And, you know, he's at least early in the season when people didn't believe in him. But he's put up good numbers. He's a pretty good blocker as well. More of a receiver than a blo- blocker, but good player. And I think that that's somebody the Broncos, if they're going to win this week, that might be my key matchup, the guy to go against. Because Doyle has a pretty good connection with Brissett player and the Broncos have surprisingly, you know, we've never heard this before. They struggle against tight ends in the past game. <laughs> now I will say they did actually really good last week against the jets. I mean, they did good against everybody, but they held uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. There we go to one catch for one yard, their like, best performance against a tight end probably in the last what, three, four years. Probably up there. He, the thing is watching that game, he was open a fair amount of time. Still. He just, bad placed footballs or just dropped it. There was some issues, but he, they did have some contested catches, but they were trying to get it to him. So good job to the Broncos and good to get a little bit of luck, I guess, as well. I think he had like six targets. Yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes in this league, but yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think if if there's one guy, uh, I've always said this of, and, and I hate saying this about the Broncos, but if you are a fantasy guy, go get Jack Doyle if you can and start him because there's, there's a pretty good chance that if the, if the Colts do anything, it's probably going to be through Jack Doyle. I think the Broncos can handle their their run game. I think the Broncos, for the most part, maybe T.Y. Hilton gets one big catch, but I think they can handle him for the most part. Dante Moncrief, I like him, but I don't think this is a great matchup for him. So Jack Doyle, he's going to be that guy that I think could go have five catches, 50 yards, one touchdown, which it's it's not huge numbers, but it's still pretty good for a tight end. If you can get a touchdown, you did you did your job as a tight end in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup, seeing if last week was more of a, a fluke. Like you said, there were some times where Austin Safarian Jenkins was open and either the ball didn't get to him, was underthrown, whatever it was, or he dropped it. So there was a little bit of luck. But still, one of the better performances. Got after him, got after the quarterback. And uh, that's, that's, again, what they're going to have to do. This is a great matchup to – get four guys going after the quarterback and, and, but have to remember this is Brissett. I guess this is one of the weapons we haven't really talked about. He hasn't had a great year by any means, but he still is a huge threat to take off running. 
And and the Broncos have had some some struggles with quarterbacks that can actually run. Yeah, they're going to have to look out for him because he can extend plays with his legs. And he's an, another NC State quarterback, kind of like Philip Rivers is one. And I guess Russell Wilson is half of one, if you want to say that, because he was a transfer to Wisconsin. But yeah, he's a talented, talented quarterback. He's got pretty good arm strength, uh, just a little bit slow processing wise. And just, you know, what makes a good quarterback a good quarterback? Processing speed and accuracy. And he's he's got a ways to go there to be a viable long-term starting quarterback. But he's somebody that I'm guessing he'll get a fair amount of talk, trade discussion talk. Granted, I, I think the Colts probably keep him because you have the questions of Andrew Luck's health. But yeah, he's been he's been pretty good. And I do want to point out, you talked about Dante Moncrief. He hasn't practiced because of an ankle injury. So something worth... Uh, mentioning and monitoring going forward because if he doesn't play then you have guys like Chester Rogers who are pretty I mean while they're big talented wide receivers they're a step back from Moncrief yeah exactly well let's uh let's let's keep moving along here and and let's let's switch sides of the ball here and talk about the Broncos offensive line against this Colt front seven because again this has been one of the the bigger weaknesses of this Bronco team but I also think this is probably their easiest matchup of the year would you agree with that? Uh, it's it's up there. That's for sure. I'm, I'm trying to think of one that was as poor going over our games. I don't know. The, I guess because the Raiders have Mac, that puts them above, but the Raiders' front seven is pretty bad as well. So, yeah, I, I guess I'd go with this one. This is a bad front seven. Yeah. The only player that I feel like is decent quality starter would be Jabal Sheard. Yeah. He has four and a half sacks so far this year, but <sighs> – even there, most of that kind of came in one game against Houston where they actually won the game. So this this is a unit the Broncos should dominate. This is Garrett Bowles. I'm going to talk about him here in just a little bit. He's been inconsistent, but this is a game that he should dominate. Stevenson should be able to have another good game. The interior guys should be able to move some guys. Uh, you, you talked about him a little bit earlier, Connor McGovern. He's been decent so far in his two starts. Would you say he's done enough to to ease the the need for a guard in the draft early? I would say no, personally. I think McGovern, what I've seen, he looks a little bit maxed out, which concerns me for the, the gap power blocking scheme. And I don't know, he's been pushed back a little bit. He's just not getting the push at the point of attack that you want. And I think best case scenario for McGovern, if he wants a starting path, is Paradis being gone. And I'm not sure that happens. If Paradis is gone, then, I mean, you move McGovern over, you still have that need at guard. So I don't think McGovern has done enough to make me comfortable with the starting guard position. Now that said, him coming in, playing well, and offering that versatility to play center or either guard spot, I mean, that's that's good for the depth. But I still think you're looking for a starting guard in the offseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I've just I've been seeing a lot of teams, or a lot of teams, a lot of people online mocking Quentin Nelson to the Broncos in that top five pick. And I think you and I are both in the, the mindset that we'd rather not go that direction. He's a talented guy. He improves the offensive line. I'm not saying that he'd be a terrible pick. There's just maybe bigger positions that you could fill and maybe still find a starter quality guard, second, third, fourth, fifth round. Yeah, especially day two. I think there's some really quality guards that'll be available, especially left guard. So we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll save that for the draft podcast, but you know, right, Will Hernandez right. from UTEP, very talented. Billy Price played guard and center, probably the first round pick in my opinion. But if he slips, he's he's uber talented. Probably one of my favorite center prospects that it's come out. Tyrell Crosby, I think, could probably be a guard. Probably better, a little bit better in his own scheme off the bat. But I think he could probably do a good job there. And I really like what I see from Virginia Tech's Wyatt Teller as well. So, oh, and uh, 
Isaiah Wynn. I think Isaiah Wynn could be a really good guard. A little bit smaller, but man, he packs a punch and can move. So I think I think if you need a guard, the Broncos could maybe spend some money there. But I think it's a pretty good draft for that position. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into that a lot more as we go through the draft process. We got lots of lots of draft content coming your way, both in articles and on this podcast. So you draft people, get ready. We're gonna we're gonna be hitting you hard here pretty soon. Already are. Yeah, yeah, we already are. But uh, yeah, get ready for you're, you're probably going to listen to this before the draft podcast comes out. But Nick and, and Eric are going to break down some incredible running backs today. I won't be able to join them, but I, I'm excited to listen to what they have to say about those two guys. But focusing here, uh, we, we like to get on some some rabbit holes and go crazy. But focusing on this indie game, because this is... I didn't mention this earlier, but this is actually a game that has a lot on the line. I would say that there are jobs on the line for coaches, players, for both teams. You have draft position because if if the Colts win, that means Broncos get the higher draft pick. If Broncos win, it keeps moving them down the board just a little bit further. So there's a lot on the line for this game, both good and bad for winning and losing. I think you can look at this and say, if we win, all right, there's some good things to come from that. If we lose, there's some good things to come from that. I'm I'm kind of that eternal optimist, I guess you would say, on on some of these things. So uh, I'm torn on on what I think of this game. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I'm excited for the. We haven't even talked about it yet, but they're going to use the sky cam. That'll be awesome. You know, really pay attention to the defensive line and the offensive line because unless you have the coaches' film. You don't really get to see those angles and those matchups as well when you have that broadcast booth angle. But the Sky Camp, I mean, this I really love it. I know some people say it's it's not football, it's different. Well, I'm sorry that I'm on your lawn, old person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's fun. And I I mean, you're talking about the win and loss and the draft implications. Either way, I want to look at it as a positive side as well. You know, we win, good to get the winning streak. Gosh, we haven't had a winning streak since week two. That's the truth. <laughs> and uh you know, get this team, you know, back on track, more confidence, you know, not so down in the ditches, maybe starting to buy in on some stuff, buy into each other. But if you lose, then you have that, you're helping your strength of schedule first off. So that helps you in tiebreakers. And then you've got a chance for that third pick, maybe the second, I really doubt that the Broncos get the second, but we'll see what happens. But either way, I'm going to look at it as the, uh, as positively as I can. And, and speaking of the trenches, let, let's go to our next section here. And uh, the X factor and last week, I, I picked my X factor being Garrett Bowles, just because I thought this would be a game that he would get back on track for the Broncos. And unfortunately, from what I saw, it was still one of those inconsistent games for him. On the the touchdown to DT, that was <laughs> about as it was kind of a weird pass that just happened to end up as a touchdown. But Garrett Bowles was the guy that missed on on the guy that hit Trevor Simeon that forced him to to have to get rid of it early. And thankfully, that was one of the few times I've seen Trevor Simeon really just trust that his receiver is going to be the guy to come down with the football. And and DT didn't let him down. So that was nice to see. But not good to see Garrett Bowles miss his guy coming through the through the gap. So I, I don't know. I just, like I said, there, there just seems to be something going on with him. Either lost a little bit of his confidence, doesn't quite know what he's all doing out there. Injury, something's going on. That He's just not that same player that we saw I would say over the first six, seven weeks of the season. Yeah, he's he's taking a step back and playing good defensive lines is one thing, but he was honestly playing better defensive lines early in the season and playing better. So I don't know, maybe loss of confidence, getting a little bit sloppy in that technique, but or dealing with a nagging injury. That's very possible. I mean, he 
looked like he was done for the season in the uh, Cowboys game where he got injured and he came back and played that Bills game the next week. So who knows, but I am hoping to see a little bit of progress down the stretch here from him because this team needs it. And that would be good for confidence for him going into next year. But I do expect a, a pretty big step in his play next season. So yeah, I'm with you. yeah, I'm with you. And so, and, and I see here you picked Shelby Harris. How, how do you think he did in this past game? I thought he had another good game. He was not as good as the Miami game, but he was doing a decent job on the ground game. I mean, granted, the Jets offensive line is a bunch of no names. Seriously, I'm an offensive line guy. I was looking through that. I had to be like, oh, who's that guy again? Oh, that, that's right. That's a random one. So, I mean, good job for them picking up some obscure ones and building a team that can win some games. What do they have, five wins with that terrible offense? That's, that's a testament to the coaching staff, in my opinion. But still, you know, Shelby Harris had a, a good game, did what he was asked, and filled in pretty, pretty nicely for Derek Wolf. So can't ask for much more from them. I like it. Now, now this week, I, I like your name this week. But how about you let our listeners know who you picked? I picked Donald Stevenson. I mean, he's had, we talked about it a little bit earlier, he's had two good games in a row. And he's going to be going up against Jabal Sheard and Mingo, who are mainly go up against that right tackle and are decent edge rushers. So if uh, Stevenson has a decent game this week, game, I think, you know, obviously quarterback play is probably the most important to the outcome of the game. But quarterback plays for the Broncos probably most important to that right tackle position. At least it has been past couple seasons. So if Stevenson has a good game and shows why Elway signed him just 20 games too late, gosh darn it, maybe 25 games too late. But yeah, I think that he's from the X factor. And if he has a good game, Broncos got a chance to win this. I like it. I, I went with Devonte Booker. He's kind of, the Broncos have been working harder to get him on the field and put him in that feature role, even over CJ Anderson. And I'd say he's shown decently. I'd say he's been a decent blocker, he's been a decent runner, and he's been a very plus receiver. And this is just one of those games I think he could really have that breakout game, go for that 100 yards. I I could see him getting 20 carries in this game. Just keep feeding the football and see what he can do. And and then also just see him as a receiving threat. The the Colts they give up the they've given up the eighth most most receiving yards to running backs this year. So yeah, I just I could see him having a really big game for the Broncos and being a very featured player moving forward. Yeah, I'm hoping he is because I want to see if he actually can be that prim- primary back because the Broncos have a chance to bring in a good one in the draft. I mean, we'll be talking about him today, but if Booker shows well and can be that one A to somebody's one B and Henderson being that one C, that's I mean that's what you want to do. So we'll see. I'm hoping that he shows better and better because I feel like. So far, he's, he's really struggled to run between the tackles, and where he does his best work is being outside and especially being a receiver as well, which is pretty interesting. But he's got to show between the tackles if I'm going to be comfortable with him as the primary back. I agree. He, he's a hard runner, but he doesn't always show the greatest vision. And just, uh, yeah, I want to see a little bit more of that consistency of finding the right hole and, and, and getting the tough yards for this team. I love the way he runs. I love how hard he hits a hole. But – just got to see a little bit more consistency from him. I like the player. I really do. I think he could be a really good running back moving forward for the Broncos, but just need to see a little bit more. But let's let's move on to, to one of our final sections here, and that is the the what to watch for. And, and last week I, I said who's returning punts because if it was going to be uh, McKenzie again, that was pretty much the Broncos saying we are giving up this game and the rest of the season. And But they, they decided to stick Sunshine back there, and he actually had some decent work. Caught every punt, which is the most important part. Also had a, a 24-yard return. So I, I was I was very impressed by him. I, I could see him 
maybe even next year being the guy that they decide to go ahead and stick there. Yeah, no, he's played pretty well there. He's not typical what you want from that punt returner. I think he's probably, given my understanding of it, would be a better kickoff returner just because he has that size and that long speed as I'd like that punt returner to be. But still, most important thing for that punt returner, goal number one, secure the football. Isaiah McKenzie didn't do it, and we've seen Taylor do it. So that's that's good for him. That's We needed that. And mine was turnovers and field position. And wow, about damn time. Gosh, win the turnover battle, uh, two to zero. And we didn't have really any boneheaded plays on special teams. Not a bad punt, not a mistake in coverage, and just probably the most complete game I've seen them play in a while. I mean, maybe that, that Dallas game was pretty complete too, but that was a great game by the Broncos and field position was big. I mean, we still have a top five, top three defense, but when you're constantly putting them behind the eight ball, you're throwing picks, you're not uh, sustaining drives. You're giving the other team short fields. I mean, you're, the defense is going to eventually wilt. So we saw what happens when you protect them and let them attack. And it was beautiful. If only we could do it every week. Yeah. It's a little late for that now. <laughs> All right. Well, this this week, what did you pick for this week? This week, I am going with third down defense. The Colts have some weapons on offense, but they have not run the ball very effectively. So I'm expecting a lot of third and longs. And with that comes pressure, comes chance for picks, and getting the Broncos defense off the field in a hurry. On defense to step up this week and go against the Colts. And that, that also has to do with maintaining percent. Nothing is more, well, not nothing, but... There's very few things in football that are more disheartening than playing great coverage, you know, decent pass rush, and then that quarterback sneaks out for a 10-plus yard run on that third down. So third down defense, contain Brissett, get off the field. I like it. I like it. Well, this week, it's it's very much tied to the article that I'm finishing up that I finally have been talking about for a couple weeks, but I finally finished it up. And, and because of the camera angle, I think you're going to be able to see this a little bit more. And this is why the Broncos should not get rid of Demarius Thomas after this season. That it is not his numbers or lack of numbers have not really been his fault. This is again where the wide receiver position is so dependent on all the other positions on the field doing well for them to do well. There's there's very few receivers I would say that I would say that it wouldn't matter who their quarterback was that they would still do well. I would say Calvin Johnson is a guy that a quarterback could just throw it up in triple coverage and he's still going to come down with a lot of those. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald in his prime. One of those guys that is open no matter what. Yep, exactly. But again, most wide receivers out there, even the, the really good ones, are still pretty much dependent on a good quarterback and an offensive line that can give them time to get open. And so, again, I, I think DT has been kind of harped on because of his contract and expectations of, of what he can bring to the field. But I, I think he's still doing some really good things. And I still think he's a guy that is worth keeping around. I think he's a great locker room guy from everything I've heard. I think he's a guy that works his tail off. He plays through a lot of injuries that a lot of fans don't even know about. Uh, th- these players, they, they play through some pretty painful things. I was, I was listening to an interview, and I think I've talked about it on here, from uh, uh, Derek Wolf. And he was talking about how he had like a bruised kidney. His knee was all jacked up. His hand was all jacked up. Shoulder was all messed up. Of course, then he's dealing with all the nerve issues. And then he's still going out there and playing every Sunday. And I'm going, man, (laughs) these guys go through hell. And and they still go out there and play for for themselves, for their families. 
for their team, for their communities, for us as fans. So I, I really appreciate that. But again, DT, he's been a warrior getting out there. I think, what does he have, like 112 straight games? I, I believe so. Something like that. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive. So uh, again, he's a guy I want to keep next year. And I, I have an article I'm hoping to drop next tomorrow or when this podcast would actually be coming out tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, and uh, show you guys just what he's actually doing on the field. And again, with this camera angle, maybe you'll be able to see him a little bit more of how, how often he can actually get open on the field. Yeah, that camera angle is really going to help, especially going against a very poor Colt secondary. So he's going to hopefully be open. I mean, obviously, again, it's going to take the quarterback to get him the football. But, man, one of the best wide receivers, one of the best Broncos over the last six years, and I keep seeing, you know, potentially moving on from DT. I would be, I'd be heartbroken. He's one of those guys that, you know, he can be frustrating and not always the, the most clutch in terms of bringing down that football. He has some pretty disheartening drops, but, I mean, high volume of targets and comes down with a fair amount of clutch plays as well. And this offense is, I mean, this offense is already really bad, but this offense is the worst in the NFL this season if it doesn't have DT, or even worse than the worst in the NFL. So Agreed. Definitely, definitely would miss him. Yeah, I agree. So, again, guy I want to keep around, I think you're going to be able to see why very soon. Yeah, no, he's – I really hope they don't leave him. I hope that we can get a contract restructure and uh, change the deal around a little bit, maybe tack on an extra year with a little bit more money. That way we can keep him around because I think not only is he a good player on, on the team, but I think he's a locker room leader and captain. Again, not, not an in-your-face guy, but somebody that you want to have on your team. All right, well, before we get out of here, we want to say thank you to our sponsor, Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Broncos play this Thursday and Sunday. You know, people are going to be, kids are getting back from college or you're going back home and you want to avoid your parents maybe a little bit or you want to escape your kids being back or having break. Uh, put in the earbuds, you know. They can't get that mad at you if you're listening to a book, right? Or even put it on for the kids. Make them listen. That's, that's the way to do it as well. I'm not, I'm not a parent yet, but I'm sure Carl has used that trick a few times. So, again, head over to www.audibletrial.com backslash huddle up. All right, well, prediction time. I went first last week. You can go first this week. Uh, this is Thursday night games are some of the most unpredictable games out there. Yes, they are. And Broncos on the road have been maybe one of the worst teams in football. I would say one of the worst road teams out there. So I haven't won a game on the road. Yeah, yeah, they haven't won a game on the road. And Trevor Simeon has been downright terrible on the road. But again, I can't get past the fact that these Colts are just a terrible team. So I'm, I'm going to go Broncos win this one 17-13. And I'm going to go with the Broncos losing 17-13. Boom. Okay. Like yeah, I think this team, short rest, coming off a win, Colts coming back home, and Brissett playing decent football. And I just I don't see the Broncos getting up for this Thursday night game. I don't know. Maybe they will because they have that win last week, although how much emotion should you have coming off a Jets win? I that kind of, I guess that kind of speaks to the season this has been. But, yeah, I think 17-13 to 13 lost. Just a little bit higher on that draft draft order pecking chart over the Colts who probably probably want to take the same guy that we want to take. Yeah, that was, that was my fear with this one. And why, again, I can see the good from winning and losing. So I, I'd be okay with either score. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, either way, positive outlook. Well, that will wrap up the Week 15 preview of the Huddle Up podcast. You can find Carl on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH, as well as find 
other Denver Bronco articles on Mile High Huddle, an affiliate of scout.com and the CBS Sports Digital Network. You can follow the Huddle Up podcast by subscribing to us on iTunes and for Android users, Stitcher. And check us out on YouTube. We put up the video on there as well. Love to get the comments and talking with you guys on there. You can follow us on Twitter at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. You can also follow Carl on Twitter at Carl Dumbler MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. And we love hearing from you guys. Please reach out, interact with us. It's a lot of fun to talk football. And even when the Broncos are stinking, you know, we can, we can have some draft takes. I've already seen a lot of boiling hot draft takes that were worthwhile, worthwhile on me stopping by and discussing on. Again, please be sure to subscribe and rate us and reach out to us as we love interacting with fellow Bronco fans. For Carl Dummer, I'm Nick Kendall wrapping up another episode of the Huddle Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you next week. Go Broncos. Mile High Huddle. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-800-941-2358 to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50 plus, for LGBTQ patients who wish to seek treatment without worry of stigmas, a confidential program for first responders and military, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-800-941-2358. 800-941-2358. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.